Welcome back to the Get Up and Glow podcast. I am your host and my name is Becca and I'm the owner of Be Strong. I am here to help you transform your mind, your body and your life. So without further ado, let's jump on into this week's episode. Welcome back to the podcast. I am super excited to have you joining me today. I'm really excited for this week's episode and I hope you're all having a lovely week so far. It's definitely fair to say that the uh, mornings and the evenings are getting a little bit darker already. So we are in full swing and you'll all be happy to know that I have finally decorated my house for Halloween. You know, we've been talking about it for weeks and the time has finally come where I have decked up. I have got some pumpkins outside and I'm really freaking excited. But that's not why I'm here to talk to you today. I'm here to talk to you about your food relationship and working through unhealthy behaviours with food. So if you are somebody who struggles with your food relationship, maybe you have some unhealthy behaviours with food, experiencing like guilt and things like that, then this episode is the one for you and I would advise to give it a listen as I'm going to be delving into all things along those lines. But before I do, we have to go through this week's crystal. This week I have brought along clear quartz. As you will know by now, if you've listened to me for a while, this is one of my all-time favourite crystals and I brought it along because it is like the master healer and I feel like this just fits so perfectly because I guess, you know, we are talking about healing your food relationship, transforming it, putting it in a better place. So this seems like the best crystal to bring along. But without further ado, let's jump straight on in to this week's episode. So... First things first is when it comes to your food relationship, I always say that it is one of the most important parts of your journey and your overall health. I think when we talk about health, we often think about like weight and our physical fitness, but your food relationship is a big factor of your overall health and well-being because if that's not in a good place, then that's a sign of, you know, not having that healthy mindset or those healthy behaviors with food. So we do want to also look at the relationship that we have with food to support looking after our health, but also our happiness. You know, when you feel more positive and in control around food and I can tell you this from my own experience in my journey it literally levels up your happiness because you're no longer like stressing about food every day but then on top of that if you are somebody working on fat loss goals or maybe more of like body composition something more physical your food relationship needs to be in a healthy point for a few reasons so the first one is if you're for example trying to achieve a deficit If you're regularly overeating, that's going to prevent you from hitting your deficit. So we need to work on your food relationship so we can not only improve your overall health and happiness, but then allow you to hit your deficit more consistently. But also, once you've finished dieting in this example, so if you finished your fat loss, if your food relationship isn't in a healthy place, it's going to be so much more difficult to maintain those results because those food behaviours are going to prevent that. For example, overeating, restrict overeat cycle. So if we can get the food relationship in a better place, it means when you have achieved your result and you go to more maintenance and you go for that lifelong solution, which is a big part of the journey, it means that you're going to be able to maintain those results better because your food relationship is in a positive place and your behaviours towards food are more mindful and more aligned to lifelong progress. So that's another really big factor is why it's important. But not only that, it naturally just makes life more enjoyable. Like 
you know, when you're in that place of quite negativity with food and worrying about it and stress around it, it does take away from day-to-day enjoyment. Even, I had a conversation actually with one of my clients the other day and um, she went out for a meal with her family and she was like, it's one of the first meals in a long time where I felt really present. I literally was just focusing on the time with my family, enjoying myself. I listened to my body, but I was really present within the conversation. She's like, I didn't actually think about the food and the numbers once and she was like I've been in a place where I used to fixate on the numbers and I'm much more happier now because I'm more present so it allows you to completely up level your life happiness and life satisfaction through working on your food relationship so that is why I rave about it so much and I talk about why it is so important to work on it's not just like a buzzword that's about there you know we hear it so much you know your food relationship but when we generally do work on it we do that inner work and we work on your food relationship that is going to do wonders for your success your happiness your enjoyment and so many other factors so let's start by going through four signs that you are experiencing disordered eating behaviors now I want to just state before I talk about this disordered behavior eat my words out disordered eating behaviors are different to an eating disorder An eating disorder will require professional or medical advice, for example, a diagnosed binge eating disorder, whereas disordered eating behaviours are just unhealthy maybe mindsets or behaviours with food that can be worked through. So it might be something like food guilt. Does that make sense? So I always just like to really pinpoint this down that I'm not talking about eating disordered within this conversation. I'm talking about disordered eating behaviors that can be impacted by, you know, um, fitness influencers, fad diets, you know, overeating, ruined it mindset or stuff like that. So that's one thing I just want to say. So four signs that you're experiencing disordered eating behaviors. So have a think if you are relating to any of these. The first one is guilt or shame around food. So it might be specific foods. So commonly it might be foods like sweet foods. It might be meals out. It might be takeaways. You tend to find that there's potentially certain foods that once you consume, you feel guilty either during or afterwards, or you can feel guilty on the run up to having it. Now with food guilt, it can be triggered by many different things I'm only going to cover a few but it can be triggered by food labels so if you've been made to believe that foods are good or bad that can then be from childhood it can be from past diets uh, past experiences hearing other people say it there can be many different influences as to why you have those food labels food guilt can also be triggered from having food rules so an example One that we hear quite a lot is, oh, you can't eat after 6pm, which obviously is complete bullshit, by the way, you can totally eat after 6pm. But if you had that rule that you strongly believed from maybe a past diet, you're probably going to feel guilty for eating after 6pm because somebody's told you before that you shouldn't do that. It's created the belief system of eating after 6pm is bad for me. So that's why you feel guilty for doing it. So when you have a think about it, you can begin to identify why you might be feeling that way but food guilt or shame is a big one um or it might be like say feeling shame for what you've consumed we usually can um distinguish this through you get like this big like drop in your stomach if you've experienced the food guilt you're not i'm saying but you get like this drop in your stomach and you just notice this shift in your mood and you feel really down all of a sudden and you notice yourself overthinking about the numbers 
These can usually be signs that you're experiencing food guilt or shame. The next sign is you are worrying if other people are cooking food for you. So an example might be um, you've popped over to your besties and she's making your dinner and you're beginning to get worried or stressed because you're not sure of the ingredients and the exact measurements of the ingredients. So you don't know what oil she's using and you don't know how much pasta you're having and you start getting stressed because you're not aware of the exact measurements of everything. This is a is a worry sign because it indicates that fixation on the food side of things and wanting like that big sense of control of knowing everything. And the reason why we obviously want to work through this is there's so many points in your life where you're going to have food that isn't cooked for you, like um, isn't cooked by you, whether you go out for your dinner whether it's a celebration, whether it's Christmas and you're having some food, there's going to be things that do come up where you're not going to have control of what's going in that meal. And that's why we want to shape more acceptance around this. So if you do find yourself worrying about not cooking for yourself and somebody else's or even not letting anybody else cook for you and you're very strict on the fact of I'm cooking for myself. So an example might be, this is something that I've done um in the peak of my uh, unhealthy relationship with food is my family would have a meal and I would then make my own food not because I didn't like what they were having I loved what they were having just because I knew the exact measurements the exact numbers within my meal so I refused to eat with them because I wanted to have something that I could fully control basically it wasn't from like I say a place of oh I don't like what you're having I'm gonna make something else which obviously is absolutely fine it was from a place of I don't want you to cook for me because I don't know what what's in that the exact measurements or anything I don't know how much oil you're using so I'm not gonna have it from you so if you've got that worry it's usually a sign of disordered eating um, because you are focusing a lot on the measurements the food is starting to take over your life and also take over you being present the next one is having fixation on numbers, which kind of potentially links to what I've just said. But what this is, is you're fixating on, for example, your calorie counting app. Not as a way, you know, I'm not slating calorie counting apps here at all because um, some of the ladies I work with use them and we, we use them more flexibly. There's nothing wrong with using them. But if you find yourself obsessing over the numbers, obsessing over the perfect macro breakdown, and you're always looking at the numbers and you're fixating on the numbers, you know, it's just starting to just, you're thinking about it all the time and it's taken over your mind. That's usually a big indication of quite an unhealthy behavior of food because tracking is a tool and it can be a very useful tool for some people, and so for some people, tracking isn't the right thing, it's very, very um, person-dependent, but it can be useful, but if you're finding that it's becoming very obsessive, and you're worrying about it a lot, maybe it's leading to overeating when you, you're tracking, and it's starting to get very rigid, and you know, thinking about it all the time, that's a sign of this is you know, the fixation levels are quite high now, this isn't healthy, if, you know, even a small thing like, I can relate to this one where you go out, and all you're doing is just thinking about food the whole time, and even after you've eaten, you're thinking about the food and the numbers, and it's just like this constant overdrive in your mind, that is also a sign of unhealthy uh, behaviour with food, then the last one is you are restricting or over-exercising after a social plan, so this might look like you slashing your calories. So let's say, I don't know, 
you go out on Saturday for um, dinner and then on the Sunday, you completely slash your calories. You drop them low. You don't let yourself have breakfast. You have a really, really, really low calorie lunch and a really low calorie dinner and you're starting to restrict yourself. You're telling yourself, I can't have sweet foods after I've been out now. I can only eat quote unquote clean. So you're falling into these mindsets of quite extreme restriction that's um, quite unhealthy as well because it's kind of like, it's basically telling your mind you having that meal out was a really bad thing. You should feel shame and guilt for that because I'm, and that's why I'm now restricting you because you've done something wrong. And not only does it create negative um, belief systems around certain foods or so, so, like social plans, it then also means that you're now impacting food behaviors more because you're now restricting. So that's one side of it. The other side is over-exercising. This usually comes from a place of kind of like the restriction as well, like punishing yourself for what you had or trying to like make up for it, quote unquote, make up for it. Um, I forget you can't see me and I'm like, make up for it with my quotes. I'm like, no, I need to say quotes because no one can see what, see what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, like once again, it's trying to make up for what you've eaten. So you overexercise ultimately to burn more calories because in your head it's going, if I burn more calories, it counteracts what I ate yesterday or at least, you know, quote unquote, limits the damage. So I am going to restrict, I'm going to overexercise. You know, it might look like you go and do more cardio at the gym or you go do loads and loads of steps or you're walking around the house just trying to, you know, hit as many steps as you possibly can. And it's coming from a place of, I have to do all of this activity so I can burn off that food. That's also a negative place to be in because it creates this very, once again, like guilt-driven mindset where it's like, oh, I should feel guilty for doing X, Y, and Z. That's why I'm having to punish myself for it. But not only that, exercise shouldn't be something we use as a form of punishment. It's like a celebration of our bodies. Like it's gratitude for what our bodies can do is moving your body in a way that's enjoyable and empowering. However, that is for you. However, that looks for you. However, that feels for you. That's what exercise is about. It's not about, I just exercise to burn off calories and earn my food. That's not what we want to view it because not only is that like really fucking unhealthy, but it's also going to impact your like long-term consistency because you're never going to shape a healthy habit because you're only exercising to burn off calories, you know? So how are you going to keep that up for the rest of your life? Whereas if you're exercising because it's empowering, it makes you feel good, it supports your mental well-being, you're going to keep that up for a long, long time because it's supporting you in a much better way. It's not just about, I'm burning off food because eventually you'll get bored of it, it'll become a chore and you'll start to resent exercise if it's just something that you do to burn off food. So that's another thing that we want to do. Now, one thing I would say here as well is it's really important to start flipping around those terminologies that we use. Now, I know I've just said a few there, you know, like quote unquote, make up for it. Um, I quote unquote, need to earn this food. When we catch ourselves using those, those terms, we want to start reframing them so we can start moving ourselves away from using them. Because the more that we use them, the more that we say them, the more they become a part of our vocabulary, the more we're gonna believe them. So when you do find yourself saying that, it's holding yourself in that moment. I've done a full podcast on this um, with reframing your beliefs around food, but you want to hold yourself in that moment and go, right, I'm not using this term no more. I am going to flip this round. I don't have to earn my food. And then we can shift the mindset there. So 
that's one thing just to kind of touch upon off the end of that but they're four signs of disordered eating behaviors now what i would recommend is to have a little bit of a think through them you know are you experiencing food guilt or food shame if so like is it around certain foods like are you experiencing it regularly are you experiencing worry if somebody else is cooking food for you are you experiencing a fixation on numbers, maybe um, scales, maybe calorie counting apps, maybe trying to hit the perfect breakdown or hit a super high protein target every day? Are you restricting your food after a social plan or are you over-exercising after a social plan? Do you find yourself trying to quote unquote earn food or punish yourself for it? Having to think about those is important because when you can identify that maybe you are experiencing those, you can then take appropriate action moving forward to help break free from them because like we said earlier if you can and by the way you can work through these these behaviors um it's so doable by the way like i know it can seem difficult you know when we've experienced guilt or something for such a long time it's kind of like will i ever break free from this because we've become so used to experiencing it I just want to say if you're experiencing that thought right now, it is doable to break free from. Um, I've done it, I've helped so many people do it. Like it is so doable. It can obviously take time, like food relationship doesn't change overnight. I say it all the time, but it is doable for you to to break free from those behaviors, even if you've experienced them for years and years and years, or even if you've just experienced them for a few months. Like it is doable to break free from. But then you want to do like, right, okay, I'm now aware of this. I know I can break free from it. It might take time, but I can do it. What action can I take to start helping me work through those? So like I've just said, can we start reframing language that you're using around food? Um, can you start challenging yourself to let other people cook for you? Can you switch to more of a flexi uh, flexible approach with tracking your calories rather than being really rigid? Can you start to change your response to when you feel guilt, you know? At the moment, are you beating yourself up for it? Instead, can you go to more of a compassionate approach where you do deep breathing? There's so many different steps that you can take to start working through these, but working through these inevitably is gonna boost your results, help you see, for example, your fat loss progress, also then increase, you know, you you maintaining those and having that lifelong solution, which is ultimately what you want because we're trying to break the yo-yo cycle here. We want to see results and maintain them. But then also it's going to increase your life fulfillment because you can be more present and your overall happiness and your body image. It's going to improve so many different avenues when you do that. So I would have this as more of a reflective episode to have a think about which ones resonate to you. And then you can begin to take the action moving forward to do to work through them. Um, and if you are listening to that and you're like, I'm I'm really, I'm relating to these, I'm relating to quite a few of these, and you're a little bit unsure of the steps you should be taking moving forward to help you grow, feel free to head over to my uh, my Instagram, my Instagram at bestrong.coach and just drop me a DM saying food and I'll give you some steps and some tips of what you can do off the back of this episode to help you start growing your food relationship. So yeah, just head over to my Instagram at bestrong.coach and then we can have a bit of a chit chat on there um, because then I can learn a little bit more about you and give you some specific steps based upon the uh, red flags that you're experiencing so yeah head over to my instagram drop me that if you want a little bit more guidance and i can uh, reach out to you over there and give you some further support off the back of this episode but on that note thank you so much for joining me this week um for another episode i truly appreciate all of the support and i'm 
forever, forever grateful. I have so many messages from you saying how much the episodes have helped um, and it truly does mean the world. So thank you for the support. If there are any other topics that you would like covering on the podcast, also send them to me over on Instagram and I can make sure that I do those for you as well. But on that note, go have a magical week. I am sending all of my best vibes to each and every one of you and I'll speak to you all in the next episode.